but we're just not using the power of it all. The owner's manual, obviously you know what he's talking about, right? The owner's manual. Look, for the next few weeks, starting maybe tomorrow or tonight, whenever you do your reading, start reading the book of Acts. Read the book of Acts, the book of action, where the Spirit of God is put in normal people, and they do supernatural, supernormal things. Read the book of Acts, and don't read it uh, like, uh, remember the speed reading, Evelyn Wood thing? Read it and ask God, just God, please help me to understand this. You understand, because I worry about just stuffing your library with some more knowledge, just stuffing it with it. It's going to be supernatural for us to get this to here. The only thing that is preventing God to truly move the way He wants to move here in New Hope is us. It's truly us. Remember the tabernacle, the study we did on the tabernacle, the various uh, uh, courts, the outer court was the hugest court, and all the people were there. There was hundreds of thousands maybe. But the courts kept getting smaller and smaller and smaller as it got to the tabernacle. The tabernacle in the wilderness was like the first church. Remember, God gave them the blueprints to build that. And then even in it, uh, uh, two-thirds of the actual inside of the tabernacle was the holy place, and then the small little place was the most holy place. And from us, from the crowds walking towards God, got smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. And I would always look at that and say, God, why is that? And it's because... People don't walk towards God. So if you would put it in your hearts today, even today, to say, let's start as a group, let's start calling out to God, crying out to God. God would answer. I don't know how, I'm not saying how, but God will start to move supernaturally and start to do supernatural things in your lives. God has called you to adventures. He has. Now, I'm not an adventurous person. I mean, so if this was coming from uh, like Adam, he did, Adam run through walls at a split second. Not me. I don't really want to touch the wall. So what I'm saying at this moment is not something I want to do. But God's calling us to be adventurous, risk takers. If you look in the Word of God, God never calls you to do something you can do. Never. He always calls you to do something that's impossible to do. And then you totally and completely rely upon Him and you do it if you're obedient. But you and I have gotten comfortable in our pushing the tractor and a little bit of plowing we do and a little bit of fruit that we uh, produce. But God is wanting to do this supernatural work through us, through you. And you got to shake off that American gospel, that comfort, secure hammock-swinging, lemonade-sucking gospel. you got to get rid of that and just see, God, what do you want from me? What do you want me to do? What should I do, God? And then as you uh, realize the, the gift of, of praying in tongues and being baptized with that precious Spirit of God, we dispelled already that you already have the Spirit of God. Remember? Because that's a confusing cannonball the enemy. To, well, if you're, then I don't have, you're telling me I don't have. No, I'm not telling you that. You wouldn't even be sitting here in your right mind if it wasn't for that. It's impossible for you to even want to have a desire to come to church without that in you, the Spirit of God. 
You won't even talk about things of God without that. You won't even see God without the Spirit in you. That scripture I gave you was 1 Corinthians 12, 3. It says, wherefore I give you to understand. Here's something we must understand. And you can't go by tradition or what this pastor taught you or that pastor. And I'm not saying anything about those pastors. We're just saying something about the Word. It says, wherefore I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed. You can't even have the Spirit of God in you and do that. But it goes on and says this. It says, that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus a curse, and that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord but by the Holy Ghost. I'm saying Jesus is Lord. That's impossible if it wasn't for the Holy Ghost. So if you are saying that, yes, I understand, I bow my heart and my knee, Jesus is Lord. It's because you got the Holy Ghost in you. But God says, they don't stay there. i got something else for you. That's why He kept telling us over and over, it's expedient, it's expedient to your advantage that I go away because I want to give you something else. The Advocate! The Comforter! And we don't get that as American Christians. Don't seem like we do. We're too dignified or something. I don't know what it is. We're too proper. So it's absolutely essential that you know, if you have not been desiring or blessed with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking in tongues, does not mean you don't have the Spirit of God in you. Amen? That's dispelled. Now that's done. Because I get asked that question all the time. All the time I get asked that. Well, glory. Who was here last Sunday morning? Oh, let me do it the other way. Who wasn't here last Sunday morning? Yeah, there's too many. All right, and I'm just going to go just a little bit longer. Um, it's only 25 after 11. We'll just maybe go another 10 minutes. So just to see what, where we can go because there is stuff that God wants you to understand. And whether it's a work schedule or just your habit, a lot of you won't be back. And our nation is in a situation where the people of God have got to come back and start stepping up. That's their only hope for our nation, or you can kiss it off. It isn't the next election or the last election or whatever election. You can kiss them off. It's what you and God do now. Man and divinity working together. In the garden, taking care of it. All right, just briefly again. 2 Peter 1.12 tells us this, and this is why I am doing this. Wherefore, I will not be negligent. I'm not going to be. I'm not going to be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, that you know them. Though you know them. God says, we know this. We do know this. And be established in this present truth. You are established. You understand the tractors, the church, the manuals, the Word of God, the powers, the speaking, and, and the Holy Ghost, the powers, the dunamos, the dynamite, the dynamo. You understand this. New Living Translation says, Therefore, I will always remind you about these things, even though you already know them and are standing firm in the truth you have been taught. And it is only right that I should keep on reminding you as long as I live. 
why speaking in tongues is more important than you and I realize. Because it's almost a downer now in church. It's not looked at as proper or right. We told you quickly that 1 Corinthians 14.4. You're bummed out? What did I tell you? Pick up the phone. Y'all call me. You can call me and I'm bummed out too. 1 Corinthians 14.4 says this. Remember? He who speaks in tongues edifies himself. Edify means to build up, enable, empower, and charge. Our batteries seem to always run low because of all the forces against us in the world. God says, no problem. I've given you an automatic charger that will build you up and make you strong and enable you to do things you can't do. That's a big reason for you to want this and to hunger after it. Forget all the nonsense. There's been so many phony, fake, lying car salesmen, but I still need a car. I'm going to walk from now on. Isn't that dumb? How much dumber is it to have a church without God, the Holy Ghost, in it? Because a lot of dumb salesmen misrepresent the Spirit of God. Remember we gave you this? Sort of a parallel. The gift of the Holy Spirit places a power plant within us that generates the power of God like the Hoover Dam generates electricity. God, the Holy Ghost, I will give you power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Look that word power up yourself. Dunamos, dynamite, dynamo. Should be sticks of dynamite going off all over Zanesville. Ba-boom! As someone speaks the word of God. To a sinner. It should be going off all the time. But listen. Okay, the dam's water gate is like our mouths. Remember this? This is a good parallel. That's why I'm repeating it. While the turbine inside the gate is our tongue. Like our tongue. The dynamo in the heart of the dam is like the Holy Spirit within our spirits. The fast twirling of the turbine blade Remember, is what causes the rotation of the great dynamo in the heart of the dam. The dynamo is what generates the power, but it's the turning of the turbine that keeps the dynamo going. Yes, you can be anointed when you play, but you could almost be quadruply anointed. Same with preaching, witnessing, testifying, living, raising children, going to work. You should be the best worker. Your boss should talk highly of you. I don't care if he's a beer-drinking, tattoo-wearing, spitting, cussing boss. He should say, man, I'll tell you what. The person's an awesome worker. Never misses. Always on time. Never gives me a heart. So this is what happens when we are filled with the Spirit. Open water, the gate of our mouths, allowed those rivers of living water to flow. As the turbine of our tongue begins to churn out the language of the Spirit, it starts a dynamo of activity in our spirits that gener- generates the power of God within us. Well, I just can't figure it out. We told you it's a mystery. We read that scripture to you last Sunday. It's a mystery. I don't know what I'm saying. I don't even know how I got saved. I don't even know what I'm doing up here preaching. But I am. By faith. You understand you weren't born saved. Uh, you just weren't. 
So now we should happily, hopefully have a little bit of a clearer understanding of Acts 1.8. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Now look, it's obvious that our church is not walking in that power. But it's also obvious that the American church ignores the Holy Ghost or misrepresents them. What if there could be a group that could start to honor him and crave him? and hunger for him, and wonder for him, even though they might be afraid. Christy was afraid to go to the ladies' retreat, and we're always afraid. All through the Word of God, look, every time God usually shows up, what's he say? Fear not, Dan. Fear not. Fear not, because we're a bunch of scaredy cats. And so he tries to calm us down. Fear not this. The enemy could be raging right now in your mind because he knows how powerful it is if a group gets it. And it's not a badge or a trophy. Oh, I told you that the main reason is we're just not taught. Pastors, stay clear of this. Well, remember, the Bible says God gives you pastor after his heart. So you're stuck with me. It's the truth. That's what it says, doesn't it? Okay, John 7, 37. Some of the newer stuff now. It says, in the last day, look at this, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, if any man first, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Now look, all you educated Bible people, listen. On that last day of the great day of the feast, that means that that feast of tabernacle, water was poured out daily at the altar to remind everyone of the water God miraculously provided when they were thirsty in in the wilderness. He poured the water out. We can understand that theology. Oh, that's cool. I get that. I understand that type. Let him come to me means Jesus boldly calls people to himself, claiming that he can satisfy the inner man. And usually this is a joyous time where the feast broke out on this day. Loud jubilation, particularly in that solemn moment when the priest came with that, uh, the, that golden vessel and would pour out the water from, the, from a certain stream which flowed under the temple mount. We understand all that stuff. All that churchy theology, but verse 39 says, but! I'm not talking about library stuff and history stuff. God says in 39, I'm talking about the Holy Ghost! Do you see the but? This spake He of the Spirit, which they that believe on Him should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given. Why is that? Because Christ was not yet glorified. Christ did not yet say, hold it, hold it. It's expedient for me that I go away. It's to your advantage. He hasn't done that yet. But he's done it now, hasn't he? And so that which he's saying about this precious promise that he's unveiling to these people, crying on, you understand, he's crying on, listen to me, all you are thirsty, come to me. That's crying. Or maybe sobbing, weeping, crying, letting them know the urgency and the importance of this. Come! And he goes, I'm talking about the Holy Ghost. 
expedient means to your advantage, for your good. It is the best. Oh, it's not going to make any sense when the Lord Jesus says, it's to your advantage that I go. It's better for you that I go. It's the best thing for me to go. What? But it is, and you've got to receive that by faith. Because God said it. Because he says, I'll send you the Holy Ghost or the Comforter. New Living says Advocate. Do you ever see on the the news these silly uh, movie uh, stars? They're the Advocate for the White Owl. Well, God talks about the Advocate. You know what that is? It means he's the champion. I've got to send you the champion, the champ who never loses. I've got to send you the upholder because it's going to get rough and you're going to need upheld. The champion, the upholder, the supporter, the backer. You got my back? Yes, go in and tell them. We're not talking about God anymore. Remember we kept talking about, could that be a dot to dot? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. We're hardly ever talking about God anymore because we have not built ourselves up with God the Holy Ghost. Speaking in tongues, what? Don't mention that. And so we don't mention it, and we get educated, more educated, more educated, and we push harder on the tractor because we want to work from God. And what does God always say? What's a coach always say? I heard it. The Steelers look like a disgrace. They look like some MVL team. Coaches, we got to get back to the church. That's us. We got to get back to the basics. Aren't you tired of people faking the Holy Ghost, aren't you tired of people faking revivals, faking the presence of God, faking, I see a spirit, I see mist over there in that corner. Aren't you sick and tired of that stuff? <sighs> Knock them and push them over and throw them over and I want to vomit. So, it's up to you and I on how we go after this God, the Holy Ghost. Uh, just Luke twenty four forty four says this, And he said unto them, These are the words which I spoke unto you while I was yet with you, that all these things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in Psalms concerning me. Then opened he their understanding. Man, and this is what we need now. This is supernatural. It's got to happen unto you now. That your understanding is open. There's not a switch on you. There's not a cologne I can spray on you. There's not clothing you can wear. There's not a, uh, I can't shout loud enough. It's got to just happen. What? Are you kidding me? We need that now. God. God the Holy Ghost. We need it now. That you get this. Just like you saw, Jesus, yes, I want him. Something went off in you. You need it again. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the Scriptures. And he said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. And the repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And you are the witness of these things. And behold... I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. He's talking to saved people who have the Spirit of God. And he's saying, there's more. It's like the smorgasbord of smorgasbords. 
You can come back as many times as you want. The guys are making me laugh. They're talking about taking cruises. You know, you cruise, you can eat your own weight every day. And they just keep giving it to you. They don't moan. They don't complain. You want five desserts, they bring them. And God says, I'm going to send you something. We need our eyes opened. We need our appetite changed. God, give me an appetite for you. For those that hunger and thirst, God says, in the Beatitudes in Matthew 5, the problem is maybe some of us, including me, we have to start with saying, God, I lost my appetite, and I can't even find it for you, God. Remember, Paul's, oh, wretched man. But he didn't stop there, right? He's like, I thank the Lord Jesus Christ who always gives me the victory. He'll give me my appetite back, but we got to have it. He says, I send the promise of my Father upon you. They couldn't do a lick for Christ who called them to do unless they were endued with power from on high. You imagine what they just saw. They saw Christ for three years, unbelievable miracles, crucified, killed, beaten, thrown in a grave. Up from the grave he comes, arose, and they saw him go back to heaven, and he says, but you guys got to wait. You think you'd see enough by then? He said, you can't do it on this. You got to have something inside you that's supernatural. You got to have God, the Holy Ghost, to carry you through till I come back. It's to your advantage. It's absolutely uh, a necessity. And being dumb sheep like we are, God, how are we going to know? God says, you will be baptized, the Holy Ghost, with the evidence. 49 says this, and we'll kind of wind her. So I know we have. Lots of children back there. 49 says this in a New Living Translation again, and now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my Father promised, but stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from, from, from heaven. Who's, who, who, who is sending the Holy Spirit? Almighty. My Father's going to send this promise. Almighty God has a promise for me. Who baptizes in this? Christ. The promise comes from the Father. Christ baptizes. And the Holy Spirit goes in. All for you. Can you see why there's such a huge opposition against this? Huge confusion. People, believers, actually believe. They have the Spirit of God in them because they say Christ is Lord, and then they say that baptism is of the devil. What? Jesus said this, I indeed baptize, or John said this, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not even not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. All separate from receiving initially. Whole separate. You got to want it. You got to want it. You don't want it. He's not busting your door down. Just like Jesus knocks, so is the Spirit of God. He will not bust your door down. So you got to want it. Not only want it, what did Jesus say? He that comes to me, where Jesus, and you come to him. Oh, God, I've got to have this. 
baptize you with fire. Let's stand. Let me tell you something here as you stand. Dim some of these, Patrick, please. Look, you, a lot of you, I've known for a lot of years. You've probably been in a lot of different churches. You've even been in this one for a long time, some of you. Listen, when God says, I will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. Do you know what that fire means? That means a fever. Fever pitch. What are we going to do for them? I've got to do something for them. Fever. Burning up. That's what it means. Look it up for yourself. means fever. means zeal. means passion. means fervor. means excitement. means enthusiasm. How do I get this? Get baptized in the Holy Ghost. And use that language God has given you because it builds you up. It'll make you a fever pitch for Christ. Not a fall that you do foolish, stupid things. Might look like to the world. Just like Angie's testimony. Her husband doesn't grasp it. She's in love with God to her. To him, look, it's a freak. Freak. We understand what that means. That's a compliment. Now, God has toned her back and pulled some things out. Don't do this, don't do that, but stay hot for me. Holy Ghost and fire. A fever. Now, who has that in our land? There's some, I hope, and a lot that we don't know about. How about right here? Fever pitch. Okay, here, test. I know you're not going to like this, but so be it. Fever pitch. Passion, excitement, must, I've got to. All right, just come back. Seven o'clock, come back. Get back in your car and come back. Is there enough of fever pitch for you to come back? Uh, look, like the ladies were saying, let's take the makeup off. So let's take it off. Do I got enough to come back? And what our armor call, that's what we're going to do. The armor call is going to say, God, simply please help me to want to come back. Because us Americans, I know us. Lazy, sleepy, selfish. I'm not trying to be rude. I'm trying to be honest. Ball games, babies, this, that, and this. We had four. That doesn't hold any water with us. Just do we have enough to come back. Now, I know some of you, like the work schedule, I understand all that. And we're not saying, I'm just talking about the fever to come back. Could you do something? So our older call is this. Maybe, just maybe you're getting and starting to understand this is an absolute must i got to have in my life. And not only in my life, but in this church. And so Jesus is going to be kind of a type here at the altar. He's crying unto us, and he's saying, come unto me. And if you, uh, look, I'm serious when I say, if you're even saying, I don't have a clue about this Holy Ghost, but I'm coming. Then that's great. That's great. Come and saying, God, I've been so cold towards you, so hard-hearted, so cold, so sick of pastors and church. I don't know if I even believe prayers anymore. Still come. And just say, God, here I am. Here I am, Lord. If you can take something from this, and we know he can, because God takes nothing and makes something. So that's our old recall. If you're like, Lord, I have no fever for you, 
No excitement, no drive. I don't see it important. It's going to ruin my schedule if I come back. Come. Michael, play something. Our altars are open. Please ask God, God, please give me the appetite for you. Please, God. Let's come, church. If you think this is something the church needs, you got to come. And you're the church. You are the called out ones. You're the ecclesia, the chosen. God, please give me that fever. Admission is usually the first thing. Just admitting, God, I don't know how it happened. I'm cold. I cannot remember the name of the song. They sing it, and they just sung it not that long ago about pouring out your offering. Pour out your offerings like this bottle of water. Pour it out. And in the song, somehow it says, apparently you don't pour it all the way out. You kind of just, and he's saying, in, in the song it kind of goes, if you're not pouring out your entire offering to God, you're not getting it. You're not getting it. <laughs> We're not getting it. And if you're not getting this, I don't, I'm grieved. We, we have just got to get this. It's, it's a complete emptying out. God, it's all yours. All. It's pouring out that offering to God. And if you hold it back, which I tend to do, you're not understanding. This is supernatural business. Look, look up here. Band, look up. This is supernatural. Thank you for your talent. This is supernatural what you're doing. God takes the plucking and the strings and does something with it. Supernatural where people can't be moved or are moved upon to come to an altar. It's supernatural what we do. Sitting there is supernatural. Please. Don't dismiss this.